Hey, is that on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're hey, 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 Echo hey. Online family, we are tickled pink to have you tune in with us. Hey, what does that even mean, Jordan? I don't know. Tune in. I, I, I don't even know, but I do know that we are finishing up our 100% juice, the spiritual fruit series today, and it's next level. You should get pumped, or you should get juiced up about it. Just like Dre. Just yes, get Just juiced like up. Yeah. Hey, did you know that Echo could be your place? Your people oh. and your purpose. Oh, yes. A one-stop shop. It's would, beautiful. It is beautiful. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you are out there uh, and stop in sometime on a Sunday. We'd love to connect with you. Yeah, you know, and lastly, thank you for your generosity and thank you for giving us your tithe, 10% of your income as to worship God and His mm -hmm. kingdom work. This month, we started to invest in a new mission partner called One Hope, God's Word, Every Child. Mm -hmm. We are excited to take next month to educate you what they are all about and the difference we are making through them. So, if you are looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Hey. Hey. Enjoy. Enjoy Echo Online. Hey, Service okay. Hey, yeah. I will. Okay. Hey. Got it. It's a
Father, words cannot describe how great you are. You are so holy and great, Jesus. Father, we just cry out to you today and we say, great are you, Lord. Father, thank you for this opportunity to worship you freely, Jesus. Thank you for sending your son, Father, so that we could stand here today free, able to worship you with all of our hearts, Jesus, and not holding anything back. You are so good, God. We love you, Jesus. every week when my husband starts dancing every week. (laughs) Welcome to Echo. My name is Christy. I'm one of the co-lead pastors. You get to hear a little from me today as well as four amazingly beautiful, brave souls. Some Echo family are going to share from their heart today. I wanted to say good morning and welcome. If it's your first time here, thank you for joining us. If you are part of our Echo fam, good morning. It's good to see your beautiful faces. It's going to be a great day. We're very, very excited. I love Sundays like this where we get to hear from different people, and I'm consistently blown away by the stories represented here at Echo and just seeing the transformation. And this series has been such a fun series for us to go deep in and apply it to our own lives. I think it is the perfect way to start a new year. We'll do it every year. How's that sound? Plus, it's a heat wave out there. Anyone enjoy the weather? Who came... Who came jacket-free today? Who's the true Minnesota? Wow. I wore a coat still, but I did not wear my sleeping bag jacket, so I upgraded to the fleece. It's good stuff. So the past six, seven weeks, we have been focusing on the fruit of the Spirit. If you are unaware of what that is, the fruit of the Spirit is in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, and I'm going to open with this. So these are nine attributes that are on the screen here of what God calls us to acquire, to live out, to carry, to respond with, all right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's repeat those. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We can all just go home. Now on the count of three, I want you to shout or whisper. What is the word on the screen that you need to work on the most? One, two, three. Self-control. Oh, that's the ringer. There it is. Self-control. We're going to do a five-month series on that this summer. Just kidding. What I love about the fruit of the Spirit is many, many things. If you look it up and you study the context of what this means, when I read my Bible, my study Bible, it says the fruit of the Spirit is the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives every single day. If we acquire these attributes, they are 
the byproducts of what it looks like to live for Christ. And I don't know if you're like me, but if I look at this list, Christy Cass struggles on the daily of showing all nine of these qualities and attributes. And I think if anything, today is a day of us reflecting, of us learning what it looks like to walk out these fruits. You see, I believe God is calling us to walk into the light. We are called to carry the light and we're also called to walk towards the light, stepping out of the dark. This has been a series of God maybe shining a light on something dark in your life or a weakness, a struggle, could be a sin, could be some lifestyle choices, it could be shortcomings in your character, your attitude, all the above. But I believe that God wants us to go in a new direction this year, maybe a new vision, and live a life with no excuses. There's a scripture in Ephesians 5. If you've never read the book of Ephesians, read it. I tell everyone, read Ephesians and read James. Those are my books. Ephesians is a phenomenal book to read if you are looking to God and saying, what does it actually look like to live for God? I read this my first year after giving my life to the Lord, and it rocked me. Because I was a Christian where I was like, okay, I believe in you, but I don't know what it looks like to walk this out every day. And this was the book that I have clung to for the past 20 some years. And it says this, Ephesians 5 verses 13 and 14, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Anyone get a little uncomfortable when things are exposed, maybe becomes visible? I want to challenge you today to live a life where when you see the impact, you see the, vi- the visual aspect of God saying, hey, focus on this, that you'll maybe come up with an action plan. Maybe it's God telling you to set up a game plan and how am I going to get over this? See, as Christians, we're supposed to live a life set apart. We're supposed to be in this world, but not of the world. What that means is we're supposed to live a life that's different. And like Andy had mentioned earlier this year is because Jesus' love is different. We're supposed to be different. And so our goal in this series is that we start living a fruitful life. So my question for you today is what is God asking you to pay attention to? Maybe it's one of those words on the screen. The nine fruits is about us living a holy and intentional life. When I think about the fruit of the Spirit, the word that pops up to me over and over is the word cultivate. Any gardeners in the room? Yes, three of you. (laughs) Give me your carrots or your tomatoes. But cultivate, if you look up the word, it means to prepare or use. It's acquiring or developing a quality or a skill set. God is calling us to cultivate these things. The beautiful thing about cultivating is it's not, maybe you come in here today going, yeah, I do not have joy. But if we start cultivating joy, we can create it. We can live it out. When I think of cultivate, I think of serving. God's calling us to pay attention to these things, to foster, to grow, to care for, to nurture, to prepare for, to refine, and to improve. What is he asking you to improve on today? What is he calling you to refine we can, we can break down these attributes in two categories, the things that we need to cultivate or the things we need to grow. And also, on the flip side, what is God asking you to abandon? 
See, I think it's all about that addition and subtraction that Andy's been talking about last week when it came to self-control is the opposite of cultivate is abandoning. Maybe it's destroying. Maybe it's ignoring. And I'm not saying ignore the good things, but maybe it's ignoring the way you're used to responding. Maybe it's ignoring the temptation to pick up your phone and look at bad things. Maybe it's ignoring going to the bar and getting drunk when you're having a bad day. Maybe it's starting a life of cultivating and having a plan of when I'm feeling weak, when I'm struggling, when this happens, what am I going to do? And how can we do that? Accountability. Coming together in community. I'm going to have the four people come up here as I wrap up here, but I just, I want to say this, is if we care, if we truly care what God has for us, we start tending to these things. If we see what he's saying to us, or maybe shining a light on, we call it out. There's power in us using our voice and speaking truth. And if we hear, we respond. And last, if we prepare, if we truly are getting prepared for what's next, we have a game plan, we have an action plan. No more winging it, no more just praying it works, but it's coming up with a plan. And so today is about us sharing what God's doing. And these four people are all a part of Echo. We love them dearly, and they are very special, but there's nothing extra special in order for them to hold this microphone today. But I believe God wants to use their voice. God wants to use their story, and they have been brave enough to share through their self-examination of what God's been revealing to share it with you. So let's cheer for this beautiful panel. before we have them share, we're going to do a little game. Andy and I were in youth ministry for 15 years, and we love an icebreaker. Who loves icebreakers? Anyone? They have a Sharpies. Whoops. It's all good. You got your notes. You're good. You're good. So this is Debbie, Austin, Jocelyn, and Ryan. One thing that was not planned, but I am taking advantage of is all of these people here are married, so we're going to utilize their spouses in this little icebreaker. So last hour, we had them share what attribute they think their spouse thinks they need to work on. And let's just say all four of them got it wrong. It's okay, because it's all nine, right guys? That's what we're learning today. So in this hour, I'm going to start with Debbie. What attribute do you think Doug needs to work on? And how do you think he answered it? Doug, just wave that hand. Yes. What one? All of you are going to answer this. So which one for your spouse, not Doug, okay? So what one, what attribute does Doug need to work on? So a reminder is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. Did I say them all? Screwed up the order. Austin, what does Haley need to work on? What would you say? Well, I'm going to give you, okay, you've got to start writing. Write it up, people. Jocelyn, I'm just going to say this because this is classic. If you know Rodney, Jocelyn's husband, I have been blowing up his phone and classic Rodney is not answering. So we asked their living roommate, which is her sister-in-law, what does Rodney think you think he needs to work on? And then your, what does Jill think? think that she needs to work on. Okay, Debbie, what does your husband need to work on? 
Patience. He's perfect in patience. Peace. He wants to be a little more peaceful for you. Cute. Wow. All right, Asti, what is your wife? Wow. What does your wife need to work on? How does she think you're going to answer? Give it to me. Show me. Patience. Patience with what? Me. One hundred percent right. If you don't know, newlyweds married six months. Patience with me. She literally said, "Patience with Austin." LOL. She's in Nebraska coaching some volleyball girls. All right, Jocelyn, your husband didn't answer. Your sister-in-law knows you very well and lives with you. We're gonna embarrass. Maybe Rodney answered. Now you can look, Andy. What do you think he needs to work on? Patience. He's an Enneagram nine. We disagree, and you're wrong. <laughs> Gentleness. Which surprised me. I think he's like, yep, it's okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll maybe get a real answer later. All right, Ryan. What does your beautiful, beloved wife, Jill, need to work on according to you? Oh, oh, this is, how many years have you been married? 20, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> what year did you get married? 2001. Do the math. That's 21 years. Okay. But when's your anniversary? Our anniversary? August 18th. Okay, so you are right. 20 years, it'll be 20. Good job. Okay, he said self-control, and that's wrong. <clears throat> she said love. You would think she needs to work on love. I'm loved plentiful. Oh, precious. Hey, yo, wow, we're adding sound effects. All right, Andy Cass, we need some fans and come get these clipboards. Andy, serve us. Hey, let's all say happy birthday, Andy, as he's serving us. <laughs> birthday weekends mean he gets a breather, right? Yes. Yes, amen. All right, so we're going to hear from you. So these guys are going to share what God's been speaking to them about what fruit is standing out to them and just wanting, feeling led to be, just honestly to prune, maybe grow, maybe work on. So Debbie, first of all, we're going to hear from Debbie. She's going to share, God spoke to her a couple weeks ago on Vision Sunday, and I wanted her to open with sharing that. So share away. Um, Vision Sunday, um, certainly was a Sunday I came with expectancy and got what I got, met, and then exceeded. God did um, that. Um, during worship, um, it was as wonderful as it was this morning. And as we went into the sermon, Christy was speaking first. Um, as part of that, I would also encourage you, don't ever hesitate to go back and, if it's YouTube, if it's on, you know, whatever you do podcasts on, listen to previous messages. It's amazing what more um, gets pulled out. But I had written in my notes, and then when I re-listened it, I was like, yep, that's exactly as Christy had said, um, some of you are riding waves. And as soon as she said that, I had this vision in my mind of a boat um, one that doesn't have the, the, the thing that people go in. It's just an open boat. Um, but it's larger, and it's in rough seas. 
and it's the winds, it's the waves that batter it, and it's not just winds and waves that go like this, it's the kind that you see like in a horror movie or something where the waves are coming from different directions, and so it's wham this way and wham that way, and it's tipping and it's taking on water, and um, it just was this heavy feeling of being in this really rough space that, um, as this boat was. And then as Andy took up, um, continued in with the message, he talked about when the staff was up on their retreat up north, and he'd gone for a walk in the very cold weather, and came across um, pine trees. And came across uh, a section of pine trees where the saplings or whatever were growing out of, but the roots were exposed. And as soon as he talked about the exposed roots, immediately I saw a tree and realized the tree was me in this boat. That, you know, there's this, I was in this tree, I was in this boat of roughness that came and, and maybe calmed and hit, but hit again and just ongoing. And with time, those waves, I maybe had bailed, but still the soil around the roots was getting, was getting washed away. And it has stayed a really powerful image for me, partly, um, I think, not because of Andy's messages all through the fruit series, but because of what those roots of those trees really have represented for me is I've had my roots, my stability exposed for a long time. Um, I think the last two years, many people may could say they've experienced something in that same emotion of it's just hit after hit um, and things you try to navigate um, or you just get so beat down by the waves that you stop navigating and you just kind of ride it out and maybe you don't bail as much water. You're certainly not tending to the soil, keeping it, you know, keeping you secure. And, um, and the result of that for me, and it's even used if you look, if you look at notes, if you took them, if you go back and listen to when Andy talked about peace, was what is peace, and it's that being rooted and being rooted deeply. I think of um, of trees that maybe are on um, where there's moving water, if it's on a stream or a riverbed, or if it's on the ocean. How often do you see those roots and they're exposed? And the, the active tending, for me, I could look at any of those, self-control, faithfulness being a huge one, that faithfulness is something that I receive from the Lord, but I need to act out on that faithfulness. Um, all of that was what I was, the not doing of any of those was washing away my peace. And, um, and that's where it had been. Um, the previous, just to share for those that uh, didn't hear the first one, my husband said I needed more joy. Certainly, that was something else that I had lost. Um, and, and I knew it. I really knew where I was at. Um, but that was the vision. Um, do you want me to keep going on? You're doing great. Okay. I'd love for you to even explain to us today, what is rooted, what does the word rooted look like to you? Like, how unpack that. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that look like for you to walk out every day? Rooted is external things. Um, for example, um, Doug and I came to this community, to this, uh, <laughs> thank you, Austin, came to this um, church community just a year ago um, and, and chose to be rooted, um, chose to um, engage in an external way because as, as difficult of a place as I've been at, 
extending into other lives for me always has been part of being rooted. And being rooted in the body of Christ is, isn't something I want to be without. Um, but it's not just the external things we do. Um, it's also the internal things um, that we do for ourselves, which are the faithfulness in my time with the Lord. They are the, um, the spending time um, in quiet and waiting on him. So it's a, an active thing, um, but it's, it involves outward connections and external actions as much as it involves the internal paying attention to where I'm at because it's in those quiet spaces that really um, the joy has been gone, the peace has been gone. Um, That's really good. I'd love for you to share the scripture that's been speaking yes. to you. And as you look for that, I think one thing that stands out to me as Debbie is sharing too is with her vision. And for those of you that have never had a vision before, you're like, what is that? It can be a visual. It can be God speaking to you in your heart or through scripture, through a conversation and even a confirmation. But a lot of what we're talking about today is that evaluating of where you're at in your life. And I think the storm represents the visual explanation of this is how I feel. This is what the past two years have been. And then how do I get out of this? And how do I, you know, like coming up with that plan? And so even for today, if it's you examining and saying, God, where am I right now? What am I struggling with? What do you want me to pay attention to? And then he, allow him to do that work. And so that's what stands out to me of you even just, okay, I'm in this storm. What do I need? That peace and that faithfulness. And so I'd love for you to share the scripture. The, um, the main one that um, had really resonated as I was reflecting and studying is, comes from Romans 8, 6. Um, it, if it's kind of if you read earlier in Romans, like part of eight, it really it's talking about sin, and and you think, ooh, like worldly sin, whoa, that's not a controlled person, um, and it's fair to examine myself for that. But if I step back and just look at again what the Lord has called me to, it's not the the laundry list that we think is sin. It's the lack of faithfulness. So here's where it gets into six. For to set the mind on the flesh, sin, is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And I think it's that second part that is setting my mind on the spirit. And, and that's, that doesn't ever go away, the need to do that. That is a moment-by-moment moment, um, joyful in the mountain and in the, in the valleys of setting if I want life and I want peace so desperately, which I do, um, that's it. I love that. And just that power of setting your mind on things above and setting yourself apart and realigning your life. That's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. Let's clap for Debbie. It was amazing. All right, Austin, let's hear from you. What fruit has been standing out to you throughout this series? Yeah, um, I would say the, the fruit or the word that I've been reflecting on the most would be patience. Um, for those of you who might know me and those of you who don't, I mean, my roommate's sitting right there, you can probably attest to it, um, is it's something I've always struggled with. It's, it's been a downfall of mine, um, but it's something I've just been really, over the course of this series, just been challenging myself to really, to really work on and become better in. Um, and as far as why I've, I've been kind of just reflecting on that word is, when you look at one of the definitions of patience, as I was looking at a few of them, one of them really stood out to me, and it's, 
It's defined as the capacity, which is patience, the capacity to accept or endure trials without becoming angry or upset. And so, you know, I would, as I was reading that, I was asking myself, you know, do I have the, the capacity to, you know, endure these trials that are coming? Do I have that capacity? And if I don't, then, then how do I get there? And, you know, really, what does that look like? Um, so that's kind of why the, the word is patience has been sticking out to me. So. And I love that definition because we all are enduring, enduring trials, but are we getting upset or are we reacting in a way that's not Christ-like? I know for me on the daily, that is my struggle and can be really difficult to overcome. But I think that that is the root of having patience. And so that's really compelling. Can you share some scripture that's been speaking to you yeah. in regards to this? Yeah. So again, going back to that question of you know asking the Lord, like, if I'm not there, how do I get there? What does that look like? Um, it's a passage that Pastor Annie's been talking about. It's John 15. It talks about the fruit. Um, and it's John 15, 4, and it says, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you abide in me. And there's a word in there, abide, and the Greek word for that is mano, and it means to be rooted or kept continually in his presence. And Can you spell that for everyone? Yeah, it's M-E-N-O. Though the N has a little thing, little swoop above it. I don't know what it means, but that... That's how you spell it. Um, but when I read that, what I hear it saying is that if, if we're not rooting and grounding ourselves in Jesus, if we're not keeping ourselves in his presence, well, then we can't expect to have things like patience or the fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives, right? Um, and, but on the flip side of that, if you are rooted in Christ, then you can expect, you know, the fruits of the Spirit to be evident in your life. You know, we're told that. Um, you can have it in life. You can have it in your job. You can have it in ministry and even in marriage because Lord knows I need that at this point, you know. Um, and again, my wife's not here today, so I can say these things, um, you know, but that, that's kind of the scripture that's really been resonating with me lately. On a serious note, being a newlywed, married six months, mm-hmm. we know that that's, that's hardcore. That's, there's yeah. a lot of learning. Every day. Yep. How... <laughs> Does patience show up in your marriage? Why is it important to you to focus on this word when it comes to your relationship with Haley? Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, when, when you think of the word patience and, you know, I feel like I'm making progress in that area, but I'm definitely not where I want to be. You know, so when you think, okay, well, if I'm not doing this consistently, then I have to be doing the opposite of it at some point. Um, and so I was looking at, you know, what, what would be the opposite of patience? And it's complacency. And one of the definitions of complacency, it can be simply defined as the unwillingness to change. Um, and I've experienced that in my own marriage. You know, if my wife wants me to change something and I'm unwilling to do it, you know, then I'm becoming complacent, right? Um, and even just the short period of time that I've been married, I by no means know it all. But one principle that I feel like I've, I've come to know is that um, complacency will kill the connection that you have with somebody every time. And I've experienced that firsthand. So it's Say that a, again. Yeah. So it's complacency kills connection every time. Um, so that's what's been pushing me, you know, to kind of become better in that so that that connection isn't hindered, right? Um, and if there's really one point that I, you know, would want anyone to take away from this from what I'm saying today, it's that there's nothing that will kill connection more than a heart that's unwilling to change. And I feel like that, that's me, you know, like I've, I've needed a heart change in, you know, the past six months and this, you know, series has been really timely to kind of 
you know, pushed me in that direction. But um, as far as, you know, patience, I should be practicing that really daily in my marriage. Because, you know, I feel like if, if Jesus isn't complacent in his relationship towards us, you know, then, then why would I be complacent towards somebody that he's, you know, called me to serve and to lay my life down for, you know? So um, that's just why I think it's super important to have that in marriage. I love that. That was really good. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. I love the parallel of relationships that we have with people, with our relationship with God, too, because I look at starting off in a marriage or starting off with relationships that are important to you is the foundation is so important. And when you look at these nine attributes, if we really become intentional in putting these things in the ground and tending to these nine just ways of living, our relationships will look different. And the opposite of that is just the complacency, or I just keep hearing the word stubbornness, like stubborn, like I'm unwilling to change. I'm unwilling to fight for this. I'm unwilling to grow and to serve and to love. And so thank you so much. That was really good. All right, Jocelyn. All right. We love you, Joss. Okay. Jocelyn had her Bible last hour. I think it was too hard, too much to hold. Too much, too much. All right. We would love for you to share what attribute has been standing out to you. Um... It would have to be faithfulness and story time. <laughs> story time with Jocelyn. Story, yeah. Um, so I, we, not just me, uh, my husband and I have a one-year-old named Olivia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's the best little human. Crazy toddler. Uh, so uh, when she was born, she was born with hard of hearing. And by the time she was two months, she... Um, got two hearing aids. They're purple. So if you find them on the ground, they belong to her. Um, yeah, we lose them a lot. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so we found out that she had a uh, hard of hearing, and we just decided, you know, okay, um, we're preparing for this. What can we do? How can we help her? How can we make it easier for her? As we're going to these appointments to constantly just change her mold and everything, our... Uh, Thank you. Um, her doctors um, asked us to just run a few more tests because with hearing loss can come other complications. Um, so we got the diagnosis back, and it turns out to be that she has Usher syndrome type 2, which means basically that her hearing loss would could get worse or could stay the same with accompanying the, her vision completely being lost or just partially being lost. So as a mom, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have time to show her the world or like whatever it may be. And I'm over here just thinking all the things. As a mom, like how can I help my child? How can I make life easier for her? How is this going to affect her relationships? How is this going to affect her relationship with God? And I'm over here just trying to figure it out on my own and in my own strength. And as you guys know, when you do things in your own strength, when you're trying to be super mom, it kind of, you just end up being burnt out. And then there's nothing else to give. Um, so when a few weeks ago, Pastor Andy was preaching about faithfulness and just he, he had asked us, what's navigating your life? And I realized that my, me trying to be a super mom, me just trusting in myself was just letting me down. And that's what I was just trusting in my own self. Um, so this passage had just spoken to me, and it's Mark 10, 27. 
Jesus looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible with human beings, but human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. And I believe that God left these adopters that, that are amazing and these specialists that have helped Olivia just to grow. But I also believe that God is greater and that he, as much as I will believe in him and as much trust that I have in him, he has in us. And I believe that, you know, he can do greater things because if I, as a mother, want to do the most for my child, he will do the most for her as well. So, yeah. It's really good. How does trust and faithfulness look to you in this season in regards to how are you walking this out every day when maybe you get hit with grief or you get hit with fear or the unknown? Like for people sitting in this room today that maybe are going through a hard season right now, what would you say to them in what you have learned in this season of what it looks like to have faith no matter what? Um, so with another scripture, it's Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And with that, I've just left Olivia's life and her condition over to God. It's completely surrendering that, um, that he has a complete control, that whatever her healing looks like, whether and not giving him a time frame of when to heal her or just, you know, how that looks like. Um, and just giving that to him, that it's his call at the end of the day and just raising her to believe that God made her special, that she is loved and that she can do all things with him by her side. That's really good. Thanks for being brave and sharing some, such a current thing that you're going through right now. And I just want us as a church body to stand by you. And I would love for us just to pray for a little Olivia, for those of you that don't know her. But we're going to pray for a miracle right now. So you can just close your eyes and you can extend your hands if you feel comfortable. But Jesus, we just come to you right now. And I just pray for Olivia. I pray for Jocelyn and Rodney as her mom and dad. And I just pray right now for this life. God, we see her life with such a beautiful and amazing purpose, God. And right now I just pray for your healing. I pray for her hears her ears to hear and her eyes to see God. And I just pray for supernatural healing right now. We claim hope, God. And I just thank you for bringing the Garcias to Rochester from New York a couple years ago, God, that they came here for their careers. But I really believe that they are here to have the best care for their daughter, God. And I just pray right now for your provision. I pray for your steadfastness. I pray for hope in the darkness, God. And I pray for creative ways just to live it out and walk it out every single day, God. And I just pray for you to protect Olivia, that we don't look at her life as the things she can't do. We see the things she can do. And I just pray for her life to be a life that teaches us as adults, as Echo Church, so many things, God, of what it looks like to have true, real, meaningful faith. God, stretch us and mold us, God. And I just thank you for Jocelyn for being so brave and just sharing from the depths of her heart today. In your name, amen. Thank you, Jocelyn, for sharing. And I just think there's so much to, so much power in naming where you're at. And when you're strong, the enemy wants to tell you, you can't grieve. 
Jocelyn has every right to grieve right now, and so does Rodney, and getting through the he- this heavy season. And I just want you to know that you are not alone, that we are here by you. And I even think it's so prevalent for us to share this today, for you to see Olivia and you pray for her. Put her on your prayer list. And there's other prayer requests and prayer needs in this room. And we, as a church body, are called to stand by each other, to claim truths, to claim scripture. And I just think of even naming the grief season that you've been in and then holding true to God. I trust you. I'm sad. I'm broken. I'm afraid, but I trust you. I have hope. And it's always that naming where you are and claiming where you want to be. And so thank you for sharing. Speaks to all of us in this room. All right, Ryan, last up. Let's cheer for Ryan. We love Ryan. What attribute has been blaring at you in this season? Hey, before I start as a baseball guy, I got to thank you, all right, for boosting my ego and allowing me to hit cleanup, right? (laughs) Time to hit it out of the park, all right? You can do this. We believe in you. Right, right. Um, Self-control. Self-control is one I picked. It jumped right out at me last week when Andy talked about um, it's not just as simple as elimination. It's more about choosing addition. Um, And for me, um, the self-control piece, if I'm in tune with the self-control piece, all the others seem to line up a little bit better. Um, And it, honestly, I'm going to talk a little bit about an area I struggled with my whole life, and I still continue to struggle with it, and sometimes I just forget about it for a while, but um, it's uh, eating habits, okay? Okay. and most of the reasons I've struggled with it now, thinking about it, is I've thought about taking away, yeah. right? And there are pieces that I need to take away, but I've never focused on what I need to add to it, what I need to bring into it. Um, and my focus has always been about doing it myself, um, where maybe, just maybe, if I brought my relationship with Jesus into that piece of my life and helped him intercede, um, maybe I can overcome that. Um, and I would like to think that the self-control piece is something that it, pretty easy. If I took a poll this morning, um, how easily, how quickly you could come up with something on your own that you struggle with, um, I, think, I think it would come out pretty quick. Um, it, just, it just shows to me like how dependent and how um, just utterly dependent I am on Lord's provision. Um, for him to guide my light, not to try to do it on my own. The verse that I picked um, that, that feeds into this addition thing that we're kind of talking about here is 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. But because you have these blessings, do your best to add these things to your lives. To your faith, add goodness. And to your goodness, add knowledge. And to your knowledge, add self-control. And to your self-control, add patience. And to your patience, add service for God. And to your service of God, add kindness for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And the thing that I love about the the word add is it's action. All right? For a big part of my life and my faith, um, I, 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 I read it, I had knowledge of it, but I didn't really act upon it. All right. Once I started, I made that decision to act upon it. That's when the growth happened. Um, The story, the more positive end here, just to show you how God works. um, 
so much bigger than what we can even think of is as a coach, um, I get a lot of criticism. It's just natural. Leaders do that. That's, it's easy to pick on the guy up front. Um, a lot of it is about you know playing time and maybe play calling and stuff like that. Super easy for me to just shove that off the side. It's no big deal. Um, recently, um, I was criticized personally, my integrity, um, just kind of really piercing my heart. Um, I didn't think it was real fair been a really easy in that moment to be very bitter but God in that moment it was through a text message which I was ticked about but it gave me a moment to pause and not react Um, so leading up to that week that week I had been studying in James 3 so James 3 talks about how wicked the tongue is and how we need to control it so God was preparing me for that moment it was meant to come in a text message. So I had that moment to just pause and honestly just just wait. So kind of let that be. Um, amazingly, guess what? It wasn't the end of the story. God wasn't done with that story. So I prayed and prayed and prayed. I reached out to friends, family for counsel, um, trying to figure out how to deal with this because it just wouldn't leave my heart. And would you believe that they were instructing me or counseling me to go with a heart of humility back to this person and a heart of understanding. You're kidding, (laughs) right? You're kidding. No way, right? But I reached out to these people for a reason, so because I I trust their opinions, and um, I did. And so I don't have to sit up here for a half hour explaining to you the whole conversation. Um, That person asked for forgiveness, for real. Like, God is so good. Amen? Amen. Right? Um, so I guess I, what I want you to hear, it was not something of my own, right? I first let God lead, right? It was preparing for weakness. And I came, I, I reached out to people, you know, and used their wisdom to get through this. Um, and just being obedient to his calling, right? Um, the last thing I kind of want to leave you with is I've been thinking a lot about like our self-control and how do we practice that, right? How do we prepare for that? And it's a heart. It's a matter of the heart and looking at the heart and how do I feed my heart, right? You got to feed things if you want them to grow. So just some things for you guys to chew on. What do you watch? What do you listen to? Who do you surround yourself with, right? Um, what does my self-talk look sound like? There's a positivity in there. And finally, what do I read? You know, am I in the word? Am I letting the word guide my, my moves? Um, so, and the bottom line is, we're going to fail. But God will turn our failures into faith. So, so good. Turn our failures into faith. A couple things I wanna, that really stood out to me in what you just said is that Ryan did not avoid conflict, he faced it. And I think a lot of times if we think of self-control or what it looks like to be a Christian in Minnesota culture is just to avoid, right? And just hopefully it'll get better or just grumble. And I think the whoever gave you that counsel, they're right on. It's just go back into that conversation with humility, put down your defensive walls, and even if it starts with you opening with an apology of saying, I'm sorry for 
or if I'm sorry I made you feel, and then allow God to move. And I just think that is what it's about, facing conflict with humility. And even when it comes to just self-control, I think all of us can have areas in our life that we can work on when it comes to self-control. And I was reminded of when I was in college, and I was really struggling my sophomore year was like to stop going to parties. Like every time I went to a party, I'd end up drinking and I didn't want to drink anymore. And it wasn't like so happening so much, but when it happened, it just was like, I would just feel so gross about myself. And I remember I, this dates me, I went to a computer and I found some clip art and I wanted this picture on my door and this was me saying I am choosing self-control and I had two dogs printed dogs on my door and it simply said good dog bad dog and then underneath it said what are you feeding today and what I'm trying to say is I needed to start feeding the things that God was calling me to and the more I kept feeding the good dog by staying strong by not being a a DD because every time I was a DD I wasn't a DD and choosing new friends, choosing new environment, I was feeding the good dog. And that good dog kept getting stronger. And guess what happened to the bad dog? It was getting weak and it was like deteriorating. And I was starting new habits. And it took every single day for me to choose what I was going to feed. And I don't know if this is for someone in this room, but what dog are you feeding? What habit do you need to kick to the curb? And it's getting angry about it and saying no more. And today is about us saying no more. Today is about us choosing to pay attention to the big things. Choosing to pay attention to the little things. About examining our life and to not miss the fruit that God is calling you to grow. To not miss the fruit that God is calling you to cultivate, to tend to, the things to destroy. And I just think it's getting that anger and it's getting a game plan and saying, I'm not going to give up anymore. I'm not going to give in no more. And so... I just wanted to close with that. You guys can have a seat. Let's cheer for our panel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said this last hour, and I want to close with this. You guys can all have a, you can stand up. We're going to close with a song. When you look up the fruit of the Spirit in the Bible, there is a reason fruit is not pluralized. It says fruit of the spirit, because if it was fruits, we'd have the choice to pick and choose what we are called to live. I believe God wants us to carry these nine attributes, all nine, as fruit. That when we align our life with him, when we look to him what it looks like to live for him, to walk it out on a daily basis, it's carrying all nine. And so today, I want to take this next five minutes as the band sings one of my favorite songs for us to examine. So if it's you closing your eyes to focus, if it's you putting your hands out to say, God, I surrender and envision giving him something in your hands. I give you this thing that I'm struggling with, this relationship, this decision. Let's take this next few minutes for us to examine and for us to take a step forward and a step towards the light. All right, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Jesus, we just come to you right now with open hands. I thank you for speaking through Debbie and Austin and Jocelyn and Ryan. God, thank you for speaking truth. 
God, I pray that we can walk out these attributes, God. And I pray for this week to be a time of breakthrough, a time of new habits, new routines, God. And I just pray that our life looks like a life of cultivating, God. Allow us and give us the strength to walk away from the things that are not of you, God. Let us walk away changed and different. In your precious and holy name, amen.
today was a really powerful day. It's a really cool thing to see, you know, five people come up here and share in their life and their experience and what's going on. And I think what it reminds us is the humanity of people, right? Like you just never know what somebody's going through. I was thinking about how like, you know how when the, the person cuts you off on the road, like they just cease to be human in your mind and you're so angry and you hope they crash or get pulled over or something, you know? I know you feel the same way. Don't pretend like you don't. Um, it's funny how in those moments the humanity just escapes. But then you get a moment like today and you get to see, you know, from Pastor Christy and Debbie and Austin and Jocelyn and Ryan, which by the way, if you don't know those people, I want to highly recommend. These are amazing people that are on stage today and they should all be your friends. I'm just, just giving you advice. If you're looking for friends, I would start with those four. Especially if you're new, it's just a good starting point. But it's funny how the humanity works. It's funny how when you get to hear a story or you get to dig into somebody's life just a little bit more, like the sympathy comes in and the heart of what's going on and your patience for people gets better and all those things. So I just wonder if maybe if we're reminded a little more of the humanity of the people in our lives, the coworker who drives us nuts or the bad boss or those things, but if we're reminded of the humanity, maybe it makes us a little bit more like Jesus. It's just a thought. It's a thought for today. Now, one thing we like to do here at Echo is we love to say a prayer at the end of service. And we say the same prayer every week. And we all say it together. So if you're new, I'm just going to welcome you to just say the prayer because that's what we do. But I want to highly encourage anybody who's never said a prayer like this before, just take an opportunity and kind of take this in a little bit. Um, We say this prayer not because it's magical, not because it's perfect, but because it's another opportunity for us to get closer to Jesus. So, uh, Zion, are you back there? Somebody throw the prayer up there for us. Otherwise, I'll have you repeat it after me. Oh, there we go. You guys ready? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, amen. Uh, I got just a few things for you guys today as we kind of wrap up. One is we did our blood drive this week. We helped, and they gave me an up-to number, like we helped up to this one. We helped up to 39 people with blood this week because of the donations you guys made. I think that's awesome. I love it. Like, I took the Mayo Clinic sign and put it out on the corner. Like, I wanted everybody to know that we were just trying to serve the community. I thought that was really cool. Uh, And then we just have a couple birthdays. By the way, it is Tara's 21st birthday today. That was more than half my life ago, so I have no idea what that was even like. Uh, And then on your way out, if you guys could do me a huge favor and just wish Pastor Andy a happy birthday from yesterday, I don't think he looks a day over 57. So you guys tell him happy birthday. Have a great week, everybody. Happy birthday, Andy.